You will note that both the heavens and the earth were created. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. So the heavens were not eternal, they like the earth were created and they were created on the fourth day. Not much is said about what God established in the heavens, but we know that He created all the heavens on the fourth day. Now again, since we are not talking about a 24-hour period, but when all that, but instead we're talking about when all that was in God that He intended to put in the heavens had been put in the heavens, including those aspects of the heavens that are visible to us, such as the sun, the moon, and the stars, to ordain timings so that there are ways God could tell us the circumstances by which things are passing from the heavens where they repose into the earth. We could tell about those those events. For example, when Jesus was born, there there was a star in the heavens that uh, was called, the constellation actually, that is called uh, Virgo. And an unusual appearance of a star known as the desire of the ages appeared in the constellation Virgo. And wise men, men who had dedicated their time and lives to studying the heavens to determine the timings of the Lord for the passing of things from the, from the invisible heavens to the visible earth, to visible heavens and earth, observed that and knew that the desire of the ages was the King, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was to be born out of the Virgin Mary on earth, so that the matter would be on earth as it was in heaven. But note this, because both heaven and earth are created, neither one can contain God. They exist within dimensions of God, heaven and earth exist within dimensions of God. So why would He create the heavens? He would create the heavens and the main thing that we know He put in the heavens was the symbol of His authority over creation. So all of creation is governed from the heavens. The symbol of that authority is the throne of God, but even the heavens cannot contain God and the authorities that exist within creation, primarily hosted in heaven itself, so much so that it's called the dwelling place of God, is supported by, ordained by first and foremost, supported by executed according to the will of God, uh, all of the authority in heaven and on earth exists to advance the purposes of God in creation. But the guarantee of that authority comes from God Himself who is outside of creation.
So the Spirit of God is the very active agency of God to support, to underwrite, to ordain and to establish the doings of God in all the realms of creation. Now in the heavens, the the main creatures of the heavens are angels. Yes, the heavens have creatures, like the earth have creatures because heaven and earth were created, created. Everything in these realms are creatures, they were created along with the realm. Earth was created out of the water, so to speak. It was without form and void, darkness was on the surface of the deep, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the surface of the deep. At that point all there was were waters, which of course in creation are the symbol of the Word. So out of the intentions of God He ordained the earth and caused dry land to appear out of the waters. Now waters covered the whole earth as He called it up out of Himself. So He gathered the, in, in order to cause dry land to appear, He gathered the waters on the earth that would remain a symbol of His sovereign presence and His sovereign intentions, He gathered together, them together in one place and He called those the seas which today we call the oceans and the seas. And the dry land appeared uh, 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 from out of the waters. As it regards the heavens, and out of the dry land and upon the dry land, God created everything that He put on the dry land. He put trees and vegetation and all of that. If had we gone on to read in the account of Genesis, we'd have read where He established the order of the animal kingdom, where He established the order of birds and ultimately in the fishes, in the, in the rivers, uh, waters upon the earth being rivers, lakes and seas, He established aquatic life in all of their order and, um, and forms, everything according to its kind and then finally He makes man. But he makes man in a very curious way. He forms his body like he does the rest of creation from the earth, but then he breathes into him an impartation of being from out of his own person, a thing he did with nothing else in creation. And by that, you see, by that He put all the realms of creation in man. So in the body, man is uh, drawn of the earth, in fact the earth in Hebrew is the term Adamah, A-D-A-M-A-H, Adamah. And man is the Adam 
of the Adama. In Greek, the term for body or Adama is the term Soma, S-O-M-A, Soma. Now within the Soma, God put a form of life that is that has an expiration date to it. The life that he placed within the Soma is called bios, B-I-O-S, from which we deter, from which we get the word, we anglicize it and we call it bios in computer language. And the study of man, uh, the Adama within, or the Adam within the Adama, within the earth, in Greek is the bios within the biosphere. We study man within the context of his natural life. The study of man in the context of his natural life, the study of the logic of bios is called bios logos or biology, biology. Biology is essentially the study of the internal workings of the human being and the external biosphere and in which the human lives and the interactions of the human within uh, or, or to the biosphere which may include other humans, which in fact includes other humans, but all of the rest of the biosphere. So as God established the earth and as He established man, I said that He established all of the uh, dimensions of God within man. Then in man he put a soul, a suke. We get the term psychology from the study of the workings of the suke. I'll come back and, and pull these apart as we go through the study because this is the central interaction between the creatures of the heavens and humankind, and why. So we took the widest arc in framing man, humankind, within, uh, within the order of creation, because when we come back to dealing with the demonic, we're going to have to refer back to the authority that God put in creation, typified by the throne of God, and more exactly, by the one who possesses all authority in heaven and on earth, who sits upon the throne of God within the created heavens, although he himself had an existence and has an existence beyond heaven, beyond the created world. In fact, he's not only, does, he does not only have an existence beyond the created world, it is both by him that all things were made and for him that all things were made, he who is the water of the Word, as he reminded the woman at uh, Jacob's well, the, the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well in Sychar, when he said to her, woman, if you knew who was asking you for water, you'd ask him for the water of life that springs up in him, or from him into eternal life. But again, I, 
the richness of scripture um, supports in, in their, supports entirely the things that I'm saying. But anyway, uh, let me move on from here. The suke uh, was the way God created man to be able to interface and to interact with his created environment and to make sense out of the creation of which he would become the appointed Lord. So the soul was created to establish an interaction, an understanding and an interaction with the created world. But then God created, God imparted to man a spirit out of the very person of God. This spirit is the word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. We get the term pneumatic, like a pneumatic drill from pneuma. Pneuma, like suke, like bio, like, uh, like soma, has a life within it. Note there are three distinctions of being and each distinction of being has a particular endowment of life unique to that, that aspect of being. And the, the, the aspect of the life within the aspect of being known as uh, 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 spirit or pneuma is called zoe, Z-O-E with two dots over the E, zoe. This life references life that is not taken from the creation, life that is not that does not require the creation for its support. Indeed, it's exact life that is in God and that's referred to as eternal life. So eternal life is not something you get when you die. Eternal life is the life of your spirit and every person has a spirit. A spirit. Now the Zoe life within your spirit taps into the Zoe life of God. It's maintained spirit to spirit. Now this isn't just the matter of longevity or continuity. It involves particularly awareness and understanding of God Himself. So when the Spirit of God activates the spirit that is within man, within humankind. And by the way, for all of my purposes, when I speak of man, I'm not speaking of male or female, I'm speaking of the term Adam, which is inclusive of male and female. But but I'm actually speaking about something more than that. I'm speaking about a spirit being who came out of God who is neither male nor female. No, neither doesn't, neither doesn't mean either, neither means neither, it's not male and it's not female. Uh, I, I'm being emphatic here because in the time of political correctness, the problem, the sacrificial lamb has been accuracy. People don't understand nor do they care to understand accurately what the scriptures say because political um, correctness uh, and the sensitivity of political pressures today 
is a social phenomenon, has nothing to do with what is spiritual and for that matter what is real. And like everything else, it will migrate on to its next theatre and next stage of performance, it's just passing through here. So when I speak of eternal things, I reference it the way the scriptures refer. I couldn't be concerned at all about political correctness. I am concerned, one might even say I'm obsessed with, with accuracy. But at times I'm aware that some of my listeners are still co-opted in their understanding by present day understandings and I'll reach back and try to explain what the eternal concept is to try and rescue one from being bogged down in the natural. The life within the human being, that is within the human spirit then, is the Zoe life of God, it's eternal life presently available and imparted when the spirit of a person is activated so that the person comes alive and has the awareness of God for the first time in his or her life. So you can actually live in your bios, in your human life, in the life within your body, within the soma. You could live there and you could live within the life of your suke, the suke life, the life of the soul, and interact with creation without the life of your spirit, without the zoe of your pneuma ever being activated. But when that is activated, it's not that it doesn't exist, it's unplugged. See, the plug in to God is when the Spirit of God comes to quote, bear witness with your spirit that you are a son of God. That's the plug in to God and you have all the circuitry within your spirit, all the ability to understand God, but until it's, until the dunamis, the power of His presence comes to you by the Holy Spirit, all the circuitry is dead and useless in terms of its inability, in terms of its ability rather, to access the mind of God. So when the Zoe life of God is accessed, you begin to be to understand your design compatibility with the very nature of God. That is eternal life. You don't wait to get to heaven to get it. It's activated by the Holy Spirit the moment you are raised from the dead through the act of obedience of coming to Christ. And with that, you are described as a son of God. Now, Let me shift our gaze for a moment from the being that God created in these three parts of of, uh, Numa, Suke and Soma with the corresponding life in in the Numa, the Zoe life, in the Suke, the Suke life and in the the, uh, um, Soma, the bios life. Let's, uh, that, that completeness speaks of three distinct parts to the human being, parts that are referred to in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, 
when the writer Paul says, I pray that you may be sanctified through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord. And he who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So the assumption, you see, the assumption that a Christian cannot be, or a believer cannot have a demon because uh, the Holy Spirit and an evil spirit cannot dwell in the same place. Those are two things that are true, but the conclusion is false. It's untenable. It is true that the Holy Spirit and the human spirit are in fellowship. The life, the Zoe life of God is enacted in the human being, in the in the pneuma of the the human being, in the spirit of the human being, and it connects him to God. The only dwelling place of God in the human being is in the pneuma, and the evidence is the form of life that, that comes only from God, Zoe, occupying the pneuma and making the, 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 the human being thoroughly aware of the ways of God. The Holy Spirit does not live in your soul, your emotions live in your soul, or at least some of your emotions live in your soul. And it's the capture of emotions that the evil spirits are able to achieve, and we'll talk about both the evil spirits and and how this is achieved, It's the capture of these emotions that allow them to inhabit the soul. So no, an evil spirit does not dwell where uh, the Spirit of God dwells, cannot, cannot. They're not designed to have that compatibility, so it's not even a possibility. But they are designed to be able to understand the human soul and can capture the human soul. And when it does, when they do, you do have fully active demonic capabilities functioning in your soul. So, and, and often it's the weight of the demonic acting within the human soul that is manifested in human behavior, in the human body. But again, we're not at the point of talking about how this all works. So let's back up and look into the heavens, beyond the visible heaven, into what God actually created. God established all of the heavens on the fourth day. And again, it wasn't a 24-hour period for crying out loud. Stop thinking that. I know that you've been thinking that. I know that the likelihood is that that's what you've always thought. I know that that's where you want to go in your mind naturally, but it is inaccurate, it is not true. A day in God is when the thing that is in God has been brought out of God and established in the dimensions that He created to host them. These dimensions are all within God. When God conceived of making the heavens, He brought everything that is in the heavens into being 
in that aspect of creation known as the heavens. And that happened on the fourth day. It doesn't take time to do that. If you think about it in terms of human time, you're looking at the things that are eternal in their conceptions, being brought out of the eternal mind of God and established in a pocket, a dimension that God created within Himself to host these things. The the visible earth is different from the invisible heavens. All the creatures of the invisible heavens and the order of them surrounding the throne of God, waiting to act upon the authority of the one who sits upon the throne, all of that, every aspect of the invisible heavens, together with their allegorical references, everything God meant eventually to move from the heavens into the earth, all of the types and shadows like the tabernacle that once existed in the heavens that come into there, all of that God put into the heavens on the fourth day. Now don't for a moment think that God was, that that was hard for God because it would be hard for you. God is God, okay? God is not a man. If He says, let there be, it is so. And it is so in the exact nature that it, that He conceived of it before He established it by declaration. So there are things long hidden in God, books that were written in God, creatures that God intended to come and to occupy the heavens and to be part of that entire domain. God focuses His attention upon the earth because of what He was about to put in the earth. He was about to put man in the earth and He wanted to give us understanding of the domain of man in the narrative of creation not the domain of the heavens which eventually would be emptied out in their entirety as the things in the heavens migrate to the earth. Even the throne of God will come into the earth eventually, it's called the New Jerusalem, the seat of the Divine Presence of God will be emptied out of the heavens and would come into the earth. Now, the creatures of the heavens are exclusively the angelic, angels. God put them in the heavens to wait for the time when they would be called upon to serve the saints, to serve that which God would produce from the earth. In the meantime, they exist in the order, in the ranks, in the forms of heaven to establish the praise and the glory of God in heaven and to attend God in heaven. But their true purpose was as enforcers of the will of God in creation and some of them rebelled against God. Some of them were thrown out, Jesus said, 
I saw Satan fall as lightning from the heaven, from heaven. They were removed from the first heaven and their domains were established in the second heaven. Now from there we want to proceed to the third segment.